VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io. I've been telling you about Tacova's boots for a long, long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of 100 bucks at Tacova's.com. Just use the code HERD at checkout. All you got to do, H E R D. That's H-E-R-D at Tacovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. Thanks for listening to the best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go on a Wednesday, ready to roll live in Los Angeles. It's the Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening, thanks for making us part of your day. J-Mac, that was a lot of basketball talent on the floor last night. Woo-hoo! Tremendous game. Murray. Outstanding. Jokic. Porter. KCP. LeBron. KCP. Rui played well. Austin Reeves played well. I mean, that we you, you watch those two teams and you're like, okay, I get it. That that, that was such a collection of great basketball talent. You know, we thought the East was better than the West all year. When the Celtics and the Heat play tonight, you're not going to have that many great <laughs> players on the floor. They're not even close. By the way, KCP winner last night. We told you the over points hit in the third quarter. Yeah. Colin, I know Laker fans are excited. Oh, we found, we unlocked how to slow down Jokic. <laughs> a little tougher than that in this series. Okay, so Denver is very much a number one seed. They are loaded. It was a great night. But I will say they led by 18 at half. That was round one of a seven-round fight. And the Nuggets won it. But it should be it should be noted. They played basically a flawless first half. And in the end, after the Lakers adjusted, Rui AD made some moves on Jokic. Second half did not look quite like the first half. Now, the Nuggets, in many ways, are the opposite of the Warriors. They're huge. <laughs> Their guards are big. They're big. They move, their size everywhere. Their center, not Steph Curry, leads the offense. And they're young. They haven't been in these big games that many times. The Warriors were small. And by the way, the Grizzlies, because they were missing Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, were kind of small. So, I mean, they, they, they were pushing people around the ring. And last night, whoa, 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 whoa. That was a wave of height and size. And they punched the Lakers right in the forehead. 
and it was a bit it was a bit eye opening. Uh, they out rebounded the Lakers thirty six to thirteen in the first half, and then the Lakers adjusted. It should be noted the Lakers shot fifty five percent in the game. They got great looks. They shot forty six percent on threes, and they're not a good three ball team. They got great looks. To me, it looked like two very big basketball teams who don't rely on the three who are going to go six or seven rounds. Uh, the Lakers' concern is Jokic. He had 15-7-5 and five, even after the adjustments. He is a machine. But he did play 42 minutes. And he usually plays in the regular season 33. So they really leaned on him. So I think what you're looking at are two Really big teams. One's better offensively, Nuggets. One's better defensively, Lakers. And you're looking at right now the two best bigs maybe in the world, Jokic and AD. One is a defensive stud, AD, who's a little inconsistent with the ball. Jokic is offensively a marvel who's okay defensively. It is your classic prize fight. I can't wait. But I think the Lakers this morning after last night are saying, all right, we took their best punch. We adjusted. They hit a bunch of shots they won't normally hit at the buzzer. They couldn't miss. They were virtually perfect. And in the end, we lost by six. And at one point, we had a chance to tie. And we got outplayed. And we feel pretty good. And it's the first game on the road. And it's at 5,200 feet. I mean, Denver crushed Minnesota and Phoenix in the first two games. Remember the first game against Minnesota, they won by 29. First game against Phoenix, they won by 18. And the Lakers are like, yeah, we saw that in the first half. And then we adjusted. And then we came back. And we lost by six. And we had a chance to, at one point, tie it, take a lead. I think, I think the Lakers look at this. As LeBron said after, they feel about as good as you can feel after an awful first half, being pushed around, and losing game one. Here's LeBron after. Took us a half to get into the game, and uh, that was pretty much the ball game right there. Uh, we got to understand that um, you know, we got to start from, from the tip-off. You know, and uh, They punched us in the mouth to start. You know, I know the game is won in 48 minutes, but they set the tone in 24 minutes, and you know, we're playing catch up for the, for the next 24. We'll be better. Um, you know, we, we know we didn't play up to our capabilities in that first half. They were just making some, 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 some uh, you know, shots with hands in their faces, the bodies on bodies. Um, but, um, you know, we'll be better in game two, that's for sure. Denver's absolutely last night the better team. Denver is a completely worthy, well-coached, deep, talented number one seed. But I'm saying, I've watched Denver roll people. And I'm looking at the Lakers and I'm thinking, you know, LeBron and AD are not young. They went on the road, 5,200 feet, took their first best punch, tweaked. Second half, Lakers pretty good. Lakers pretty good. Got a lot of open shots. Shot the ball well. Denver's not a great defensive team. They've got length, but they're not a great defensive team. Jokic is not a great defensive player. Uh, let's shift gears, though. To uh, Jokic. So Anthony Davis is the best remaining big in terms defensively. He's, probably, he's arguably the best defensive player big in the world. And Jokic worked him. Embiid 
in Game 7 had two points in the second half against the Celtics. Jokic could not have a two-point half. He's just too layered and too skilled. It would be impossible unless he was in foul trouble. It should be noted in two of the Sixers' wins, it was Harden who carried the day. I know it's a regular season award, but I said before, the vote for Embiid was as much an anti-Jokic vote as it was a pro-Embiid vote. Jokic is far more valuable to the offense. Embiid can be plotting. Go look at the Sixers' net rating when Embiid's off the floor. He takes the movement and the air out of the basketball at times. Yes, he's fun and flashy, but he's also fragile. He doesn't play as often. In the last eight years, Jokic in seven of those eight has played 70-plus games. Don't we say that about quarterbacks? Availability is the best ability. Jokic plays more, is better analytically, is more skilled offensively, is more layered, is easier to play with, elevates people. Embiid doesn't necessarily elevate people. When Harden was great, he wasn't as. And again, Harden led them in two of their three wins in the playoffs against the Celtics. He passes. He facilitates. I don't care who wins MVP awards or Heisman's. I really don't. I never have. If you're being intellectually honest, I've never rooted for it. I never cared about it. I couldn't tell you how many Brady won, Manning won, Mahomes has won. I just don't care. But that was an anti-Jokic vote. That's what it was. He has the number one seed, not Embiid. He's better analytically. He was better. He makes everybody around him better. You watched him last night. AD was helpless. AD's the best defensive center in the world. Could not stop him. Got worked by him. Jokic has become the PB&J of the NBA. Fantastic every night. Always a little underserved, under-discussed. The PB&J works any era, any generation, any time. Jokic is old school, current school, middle school, high school, this school. That game works forever available passing. It reminds me of a combination of Bill Walton, who would be great today, and Arvita Sabonis, who would be great today. He is a fantastic player, but he's not fun, and he's not flashy, but he's also not fragile, and that is something that needs to be discussed. I get that Embiid won the award. I'm not hostile. I'm not bothered. I don't care. But I did feel it's fair to at least acknowledge that it was an anti-Jokic vote to a lot of people. Because, you know, you start talking about a third straight MVP, man, that's got to be one of the greatest players of all time. Isn't he? Isn't that what we're watching? You tell me the centers who can do all this. Walton passed like that. I mean, he scores like shackish in these big games. He defends... Okay, a lot of the great centers necessary. Pat, was Pat Ewing always a great defender? No. I mean, I don't know. I watch him and I think to myself, if you look at his layered, nuanced, skilled game, I mean, he, he grabs a rebound like Shaq. He takes it right up the floor. And he's a brilliant passer. I mean, maybe he should have won three straight. I think my point is, because his game isn't aesthetically as pleasing We have a hard time saying, well, I mean, this guy didn't win three MVPs and that guy didn't win three MVPs. I don't know. I watch him. What doesn't he do well? Well, defensively, we we don't hold defense against many of the great centers. We don't talk defense on this show very much. We want buckets. We never lament Jason Tatum getting, getting beat on the baseline. We lament when he doesn't dominate offensively the fourth. Let's be fair. We've spent about two hours in 20 years on LeBron's defense. 
We talked about Kobe's offense and Michael's offense and Barkley's offense and Dirk's offense and Katie's offense. Now everybody's like, well, Jokic's defense, whatever. AD couldn't stop him. Oh, by the way, AD's going to get his every other night. But here's the coach of the Nuggets on what he witnessed. Nicola was great, you know, 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists, two blocks. And as you mentioned, Harrison, his aggression, him driving the ball, dunking the ball in traffic. Um, and, and we always talk about an aggressive Nikola Jokic is a very effective Nikola Jokic. So, uh, you know, a hell of a job by him. Uh, you know, it's funny after the game, KCP, um, he's, he's repped by LeBron's people who played for the Lakers. And now he plays for the Nuggets. And I, one thing I always loved about KCP when he was a Laker and a Nugget, he's never afraid to take a big shot. He had a huge ball, uh, layup off the glass last night down the stretch. KCP is one of those guys never, ever afraid to take the big shot. And those guys matter in the playoffs. You know, guys get a little tight in the postseason. KCP, he doesn't care. He will always take a big shot. And he did last night. He had a Lakers were cutting it back, cutting it down, cutting it down. And KCP came and floated off the glass and in. And he talked about Jokic after the game. I feel like the only difference is that, you know, Bron can jump higher than Jokic. <laughs> That's the only difference that I can see. That's a really offensive. <laughs> uh... I'm joking. I mean, to be compared with the one of the best ever uh, or the best ever, I think it's really cool. It's really cool. We affect the game in different ways, but he's, he's a really good player. Listen, we, we just have to be fair about this, is that we don't watch a lot of Denver. Denver's in that weird mountain time zone, and they're, not, they're, not, they're efficient, and Jokic is not flashy. He felt so out of place at the All-Star game. But, folks, what you're watching here, what we're all watching with Jokic, this is all-time stuff. I mean, it, it, this guy made two passes last night that looked like Magic Johnson. He is a he, – he and Bill Walton are the best passing bigs I've ever seen in my life. And I covered Arvidas Sabonis, who was also a tremendous passer. But Jokic is just his entire – the layers and layers, jumpers, threes, twos, left hand, right hand, passing, moving the ball up the floor, outlet passing – that he is all time stuff. And, and again, this isn't an anti Embiid. He had two points in the second half against the Celtics. I don't think Jokic is capable of that. At least not this Jokic. Uh, watching him last night, it's like that's a number one seed, and that's a that's a dominant all time player. You're watching. Um, fun, fun series though. I mean, just tonight, I'm going to watch the Heat and the Celtics, and they're going to be some really good players. Butler, Tatum, Brown. I'm watching that thing last night, and it is Porter and Gordon and AD and LeBron and Jokic and Jamal Murray. I'm like, man, there is a lot of talent on that floor. It's going to be a great series. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Victor Wembenyama. They are calling him a better prospect than Magic Johnson, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, (laughs) Shaq. I don't know. That is a lot. I think he's going to be a really good player. His body type, we talked about this yesterday, worries me a little. Shaq was so big and thick and strong, and so was Magic, and so was LeBron, and so Duncan, and so formidable. And seven foot three and still growing worries me a little bit. But I will say this I think he landed in the right spot in San Antonio. They won't screw it up. They've done transformational bigs David Robinson, Tim Duncan, they've done international stars. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, they know what they're doing. They're grown-ups. They're the parents you want to drop your kids at, not the party parents. They're the grown-ups. You got your kid, you got to drop them off for a couple hours and do some errands. You want to drop them off at the Spurs. If you look at the final teams, the final eight teams that were bidding for Victor Webinyama, that, that had the ping-pong balls in, and I'll, and I'll, I'll read these to you. Hornets, Blazers, Rockets, Pistons, Magic, Pacers, Wizards. In the last 10 years, those seven teams have had 25 coaches. Tire fires, chaos, poorly run, poorly owned, maybe both. The Spurs have had one coach. He's older. He should have embraced the three ball. But they had a plan. They went into full tank in the preseason. They're not supposed to say that, but they went into full tank, and they won, and they'll do very well. There are certain places and people that you should connect with if you want to succeed. If you're a high school quarterback, you should strongly consider Lincoln Riley. If you're a high school defensive end, 
you should strongly consider Nick Saban. They do quarterbacks and defensive ends really, really well. The Spurs do international players well. They do transformational bigs well. They're the grown-ups in the room. They're a little like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whenever the Steelers get the quarterback right, Brad, Sean, Ben, they win Super Bowls. They're never terrible. Either a San Antonio until they really wanted to be because that's how you get Victor Wembanyama. But I looked at all the teams last night and I thought to myself, okay, I, I'd like to see Portland. I got a soft spot for Portland. Their Odin injury, Walton injury, Bowie injury, Brandon Roy injury. They would have been probably the second team that would have done him right. But the Spurs are really good at this. I know, I know, many of you saying it's got to be rigged. It's 2023. If you lose an election, if you lose Victor Wembanyama, you lose a playoff series, of course it's rigged. That's how losers validate losing. They're willing to look at anything except a mirror. This wasn't rigged. They went full tank. They had a plan. They had great odds, and they got it. And it's probably better he landed there, I'm sorry, than Detroit or Charlotte. Probably just is. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. By the way, two things can be true at the same time. You can absolutely adore and love your children, but be disappointed with some of their decisions and actions. Two things can be true. I know it's difficult. But Steve Kerr was talking about the value of Draymond Green as people consider what the Warriors are going to do next. And here's the brilliant head coach. If Draymond's not back, we're not a championship contender. We know that. I mean, he's that important to uh, to winning and to uh, to who we are. Um, so I absolutely want him back. He's a he's a competitor. He's uh, you know he's an incredible defensive player. He's I mean we can we can check all those boxes. Um, and he and I have built a a really. Uh, special relationship very important i've said steph and draymond not clay are the soul of this team the superstar and his de facto screen setter catalyst and bodyguard but this as steve kerr pointed out is also true there there was some of that was that was lost this year for sure um um you know and and you know, it's no, there's no hiding from it. The uh, the incident with Draymond um, and Jordan at the beginning of the year played a role in that. Um, it's hard for that not to impact a team. Anytime some trust is lost, um, then it, it makes the process much more difficult. And there was some trust lost, um, and that's um, as blunt as I can be. He knows that he also um, compromised things by what what happened. Um, back in October. And so part of him coming back next year has to be about, um, you know, rebuilding um, some of that trust and um, and respect that, that he's earned here, you know, for, for a long period of time. Both are completely true, and that's okay. Many believed after the Warriors beat the Celtics last year, that was the end of the dynasty. I did not. Many of you believed it and said all year long, this wasn't a title team. They won one pre-KD. They won two titles with KD. 
and they won last year without KD. That feels like the closure to the dynasty. Guys are getting older. And you were right. It probably was, with this current group, the last big hurrah. So they've got to reboot it. But they will reboot it with Steph and Draymond without question. Clay, I don't know. Jordan Poole, we'll see. Andrew Wiggins, they hope to keep him. Looney, I'd maybe consider moving him, though he doesn't make much. If you look at the history of NBA dynasties, Kobe and Shaq, three, four years, blows up. Michael Jordan, two three-year dynasties. He needed a break, quit twice. And, um, I mean, go look at the Spurs. They had a break in theirs. Like, that's the way it works. Eventually, your star gets hurt. Your star gets old. You've got to bridge the gap between the young guys and the old guys. And that's what happened this year. James Wiseman, they just moved off him. They gave up. Kuminga, they like him, don't love him. Moses Moody finally got some real minutes in the playoffs. Jordan Poole still hasn't and hadn't at the time of the punch grown up. So the big issue with this team was how do they bridge, and all championship teams usually face this, how do you bridge the gap between these draft picks who are talented and you can play in the regular season, but can you trust them in the postseason, and the old guys who are on a different timeline? And what happened was with Wiseman they gave up, with Kuminga in the postseason, didn't play him, hurt his feelings. Moses Moody's probably the happiest. Jordan Poole got his bag, but it didn't initially sit well when he taunted teammates. So two things can be true. Draymond's incredibly valuable. I said this during the season. Draymond was at some point responsible for the awful road record. I was told, got a good source, that the team was not as close on the road. Old guys go there, young guys go there. And on the road, you can make fewer mistakes. you got to be tighter as a team. Teams that play well on the road are usually really tight teams chemistry-wise. The Warriors for years were very, very good on the road. Uh, This team was not. So um, I, I do think they'll be very good next year. I think they have to go get a big, maybe a Carl Anthony Towns. I think they have to get some scoring from somebody over 6'8", somewhere. But it's okay. Two things can be true. You love your kids, they drive you crazy. It's okay. Draymond made a big mistake. People in the room knew why he made it. It hurt chemistry, but he's completely invaluable going forward and over the last seven to eight, nine years. J-Mac, I know what you're thinking. Gosh, this Draymond discussion. I love Rodman. I love Bruce Bowen. I've defended all of them. I defend all these. T- every single Barney's a bouncer. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I defend- Bruce Bowen, you're comparing to Draymond well, Green? What, Bru- what are we talking about? Well, I'm saying when he was with the Spurs, he was the defensive guy. He was the annoying guy. He was the yeah. getting Draymond's up. more than annoying. He punched out a teammate. Yeah. Sucker punched a teammate at practice. So did Michael Jordan. Yes, yes, there's no we just, video. We just don't have video. So, my, my friends love when we talk about this because they know you like Draymond, and they know I like Curry, and they know you work with Draymond, I don't, and there's something here. Neither of us is wrong, but neither of us is right. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, and that's why the show's just on fire lately. Well, whatever. But I want to point out, Colin. What you've done in the past is not a predictor of what you're going to do in the future. Just because Draymond was a historically great defensive guy for a decade, doesn't mean he's going to be that going forward. Doesn't mean he's still going to be the high IQ passing point forward. Yeah, he's, he's not going to get dumb, trust me. He's not going to get dumb, but he's getting old. And he's losing his mind, clearly, stomping out an opponent. <laughs> he did the Colin, same thing years ago. Bo- you got to be bold in life. You make a lot of bold decisions. Uh, I've yes. made some bold moves. You think they're going to move him? I don't think, but if you're asking me what I would do, I'm exploring all options, baby. 
I'm not, I am, hey, does Victor Wambanyama need an enforcer in San Antonio? <laughs> a bodyguard? Well, that's, that's interesting. They probably would want, he'd have value. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it, you listen to it, I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's the Herd. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code heard once again, new customers. Bet 5 and get 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Code heard. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Chandler Parsons played in the NBA for almost a decade, 13 points a game in the playoffs three different times. He now has a FanDuel TV show, Run It Back, with Sham Sharanya, my friend Michelle Beadle, and a cast of others, and we appreciate him coming on today. He just got back from uh, Bahamas or something, so he looks tan. He looks <laughs> like he's in, he's in a great space. So I was, watching, I was watching the game last night, and my takeaway was these are all seven-round fights. That was the first round. And it, clearly... The Lakers had faced small, 
Golden State, and because no Stephen Adams, smaller Memphis. And they met the Redwoods last night. They they were just, I mean, that team is, just, Porter's big, Jokic big, even KCP's a big guard. But then they tweaked it. And the second half, and Chandler, I was thinking, I could see the Lakers at shoot-around today thinking, guys, we're a better team. Did you, Were you ever in a playoff series that you lose early, but you know it's a good loss? We, we are better than that team. Well, yeah, and especially last night, how this game went, right? This was this this individual performance Jokic had. That was some. That was honestly one of the best three quarter performances I've ever seen from an individual from start to finish. He dominated the game. And think about just for a second how good Anthony Davis played, and he still was outplayed by Jokic. But I find it encouraging though because they still with. They still withstood all this. They still withstood the run. They were down 21 points at one point in the second half. Yeah. And they cut it to three. So there's definitely some encouraging here. And they definitely think they're going to make it a game and can win game two. It was just not giving up. They played hard. They battled. They made some big plays down the stretch. Obviously, they got to clean up a lot of issues defensively, right? They can't give up 72 points in the first half. Um, but they made a change, and I think what really helped them is is they got AD off Jokic. They went to Rui Hachimura, which yeah. kind of freed up freed up AD to play safety, allowed him to kind of roam, and that kind of changed the game. And we talked about it on our show before that this is the best defense in the playoffs with the Lakers, and this is the best offense with the Nuggets, and which one was going to prevail. And the Lakers don't want to trade baskets with this team. They're too good offensively. They're too elite. Um but they got to get back in transition. But, man, the way the Nuggets moved the ball last night, the way Jokic played, the way their role players stepped up with Caldwell Pope knocking down yep. shots, with Bruce Brown coming off the bench yep. knocking down shots, Murray had a game, Aaron Gordon was involved. So it's not just Jokic. He's the head of the stake, and he is fantastic. And what he did those first three quarters last night, again, I can't remember someone playing <laughs> that good in a playoff game. But it's definitely encouraging for the Lakers because they're going to make some adjustments. They found something with Rui Garden, him, and I think it's definitely going to be a lot more competitive game come game two. So most bigs have had something memorable. Kareem had the skyhook. Wilt, the headband and the dominance. Russell, defense. Shaq, body, the slam dunks. Uh, and And then there's even Embiid is fun and flashy. And then there's Jokic, and I said he's, he's the PB&J of the NBA. Always fantastic, never appreciated. It lasts forever. He'd work <laughs> at any era. And it's funny, as I watched him, I could see AD was just, what do you do? His body type. Did you ever face a guy in the league that, like, you think, well, he's not terribly vertical, he, he's not twitchy, and there's just guys in this sport, Chandler, that were born to score. Uh, he is so layered. He is so skilled. I mean, I, I, what do you, I mean, is there, I mean, he reminds me a little bit of a younger Arvidas Sabonis. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, a little bit of a yeah, Bill, of a little bit of a Bill Walton intellect, um, touch. I mean, what do you make of you? How do you defend him? It's, it's tough, and you can't guard him one-on-one because he, he's got the mass, right? He's got the size, and AD's a big dude. You can just see if you give him space, you give him time, he's going to get to his spots. He's got this unorthodox yeah. game where he can catch <laughs> the ball high, shoot it high, the one-leg step backs. This, this spin move was just insane going baseline and dunk it on one of the best defenders 
in the NBA, and he, he's all angles, right? He's he, he's so smart. When the shot goes up, watch Jokic on the offensive glass. He just makes his way. He gets to the angle, and he just has a knack for finding the ball. And AD, AD played solid defense on him last night. Like, this shot at the end of the quarter here was just <laughs> – there's nothing else you could do. You can see AD smiling. And, again, this is – even when you see double – when you send double teams his way, he's got the vision to find the open cutters. Uh, you're not going to keep him off the offensive glass. So, honestly, the biggest thing with AD, I got to give him respect, too. He stayed out of foul trouble. He challenged him. He matched his offensive production. The other guy's got to step up, though, as well. D'Angelo Russell's got to be better. Schroeder's got to be better. Austin Reeves had a great game, but, you know, Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown, they played better than the starting guards for the Lakers. So there's got to be an offset there. You know what you're going to get with LeBron. You know what you're going to get with AD. But the the other guys really got to step up, in my opinion, because Jokic is going to do Jokic things. Jamal Murray's going to sprinkle in twenty five points. So it's when they're when they're playing like this. And the thing is, they've defended last night. They Michael Porter, I've never seen him block jump yeah. shots like that. I've never seen him get on yes. the floor. So this is a team now who their their problem all year long was their defense. They can score with anybody, but when they lock in on both sides of the ball, man, they really look like a contender. Yeah, but Michael Porter is not just 6'10". He is long, and he is athletic. I mean, he blocked a ball. He got on top of the block. I mean, he was like, I mean, top of the square. He is, he is, well, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year National. I think he was the high school player of the year in his state, Washington. So I want to go to the Celtics heat. Is that, I've said this about Tatum. I love him. We all love him. But this generation of players is a little more thoughtful <laughs> than maybe back in the 70s and 80s where, you know, the guys were all battling for a smaller piece of plot pie. All the guys get money now. You get shoe money. You get social money. You get, I think the young generation of players is a little more thoughtful, a little more self-aware maybe on social issues. And Tatum, the knock is he doesn't have the alpha or the killer instinct. And I think some of that, he's not MJ. He's not, it's not his thing. Um, but the other day he had a great performance. And then there's Jimmy Butler, who I could argue is, the, is it, it sometimes is the opposite of Tatum. He's actually better in great games. I don't even know how to describe it. We were talking about this. What do you make of Butler? All of his averages go up. I mean, you played with Harden, an amazing player. Playoffs wasn't quite the same guy. Butler is significantly better against better players. Did you ever play with anybody like that? What do you make of that? No, and you know what's funny is I, I rolled my eyes when Jimmy was saying he doesn't try hard during the regular season. He's just getting ready for the playoffs. But his play this this postseason has really, really been unbelievable. And I, I'm now a believer. He The way he steps up his game, the way he puts his team on his back, he's one of the remaining unbelievable two-way players in this league and uh, uh, everything that he's been through, the struggles are up and down, Tyler Hero going down, Victor yep. Oladipo going down. And and just the way their whole system and Spolstra and Pat Riley, they just they find these guys like Max Struess, like Duncan Robinson that nobody wants, and they become bona fide NBA players. But it all starts with this guy, and and he truly is he's he's not as talented as Jason Tatum, right? He doesn't have right. the game, doesn't have the offensive swag, the sauce that Jason Tatum does. But he's just as productive. He plays just as hard. He's 
a better defender. Yeah. And he just has this will to win and to compete. And it's funny. You just see guys like this. He had a bad rep, right? In Minnesota. Yeah. They didn't want him. He had a bad rep in Chicago. They got rid of him. So it, it's all situation, right? And he's even gotten into it with Spo in Miami. And, yeah. and, but this guy, you want him on your team. And he's shown that in the playoffs this, this year, he's been one of the best players, if not the best player in the playoffs. And he's willing this eight seated team to the conference finals and maybe the NBA finals. So it's unbelievable what he's doing because he's not the most talented guy on the court, but he's producing like he is. Yeah. I think the word you used, he's a competitor and uh, there, th- that is always something like some guys, I love Andrew Wiggins, but there are times I'm like, Andrew compete, be aggressive. You're amazing. Jimmy Butler has less skills, doesn't have the vertical, not as twitchy, but I think the word that you used really sums it up. He is really competitive. So J-Mac and I disagree on this. I think Draymond Green, I think for um, when the Splash Brothers came in, it reminded me of Jerry West and Gail Goodrich, this backcourt that does most of your scoring. But teams like that that can be finesse in spacing, Chandler, every bar needs a bouncer. Every club needs a tough guy. And they, they, I used to call them with Kevin Durant the skinny jeans team. They're all these kind of fast, clever, spacing shooters who's the tough guy. Now, the Bulls didn't need a tough guy, but Rodman provided it for the Pistons, the Spurs. I love Draymond. I think he's a much more of an offensive catalyst than people give him credit for, the screening, the passing. When you saw the punch, what do you make of that? Uh, how it plays in a locker room, a cocky young player, a veteran. Do you think a lot of this season came down to that just screwed the locker room up? I do. And I think all their issues kind of stem from that. But there were clearly issues before that this this situation happened. But that's not really something you can you can just forget about, right? And I know Draymond Green has that edge and that attitude. And He's perfected this role. Is Draymond Green one of the more talented players in the NBA? No, but he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer of perfecting his role of that guy, of being the glue guy, of being that defensive-minded, tough guy, setting screens, doing all the little things that, yes, is it easy getting assists with Clay Thompson and with Steph Curry and her team, arguably the two best shooters of all time? Yes. Was he blessed with this situation and those two guys being got drafted? Yes, but you can't knock him how hard he plays, how hard he competes. But when you get in a situation like that as a leader, and I don't care how obnoxious Jordan Poole is, how annoying he can be, how arrogant he is, as a leader, you, you can't punch one of your one of your teammates in the face like that. And that's something that Jordan Poole's not gonna forget yeah. either. So I'm sure they acted like it was fine. I'm sure they tried to play together. You can see some clips that went viral this year of, of kind of Jordan leaving him hanging. Uh, because he's embarrassed and the fact that that video got out he got clowned he got punked and that's what Jordan Poole is known for right now right is getting punched in the face by his teammates so it's definitely something that lingers it's definitely something that's an issue and they're going to have a decision to make right they can't afford a max Clay Thompson extension they can't afford to pay Draymond Green as much money as he as he wants but they already decided that they gave Jordan Poole the bag Steph Curry's not going anywhere so it'll be interesting to see what they do this summer because a lot of people think that this era of, of the dynasty of the yeah. Warriors is dead. And I know they're saying it's not. I know they think they can still compete for a championship next year. Uh, but they didn't this year. And they were horrendous on the road. And they are a year older. And they made their choice with paying Jordan Poole, who is kind of the future of this team, with the other younger guys on that roster. So they're definitely going to have a lot of decisions to make. But that beef, that that situation with the punch, that's that's not going to be forgotten. Yeah, finally. 
<clears throat> I'm hearing last night, I watched Woj on the ESPN coverage, and he's saying, hey, Woj's sources are saying this is going to be the greatest prospect ever. And I'm like, LeBron, Duncan, Shaq, Magic, <laughs> Bird? I'm like, that's a lot. I look at him, and I think most of the great players, Duncan, Shaq, Akeem, number one picks, they had the body. 82, I don't think fans have any idea of what it is like to play 82 games. Most of you guys are 6'8", 6'9". This kid's 7'3 and growing. That is in a complete wear on your body. It's the, I, I see old NBA guys. They're all bending over. They're all beat up. We think football guys fall apart. I see old NBA guys. I'm like, you guys understand how physical the league is, how hard it is? They're playing five times an NFL season in terms of games and travel. So when I hear greatest prospect ever, I look at him and I think, Chandler, 7-3 with that frame – is that a 20-year frame? Do you think, are you concerned about that? And do you think NBA veterans hear that and are going to go after him? And they're going to say, okay, kid, let's go. Well, yes. And is it scary? Yeah. You look at last year's draft, you look at Chet Holmgren, that, that frail body type. It, it's scary and you see all the injuries that have happened this year uh, that have happened in the past and this kid he's a freak of nature right there's this mystery about him we've never seen something like him and you're saying seven three i think he's closer to seven six uh <laughs> he can handle the ball he can shoot the ball but and i know he's been playing against pros in france but this is a whole nother level and you're right it, it, it's taxing mm -hmm. And it is going to take, I think it's a slow play with him. I think he's a career franchise changing player. I think the valuation of the Spurs just went up just by simply getting this pick. And I think he has the potential to be the best prospect of all time, just because again, we've never seen anything like this. He's playing against pros. He's playing against grown men while LeBron was playing against, you know, Ohio high school kids. Um, so it, there is a different dynamic there, but you're right. He doesn't have the build that LeBron had. He doesn't have the body that Dwight Howard had. This for sure NBA ready as like a Scoot Henderson does. So if you look at rookie of the year next year, I, I don't think Victor wins rookie of the year. I think he's the best chance to be the best player in this draft, but there's more ready rookies next year than this kid. But it's, it, you got to take him, right? This is this is a franchise changing, and it's there. It's a perfect situation with the Spurs. These guys somehow are pros at tanking. And last time they did it, they obviously get Tim Duncan. <laughs> they have Pop. They have the 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 relationships with Tony Parker with Boris Diaw. So this is where he wanted to go. This is where all of France wanted him to go. Yeah. And there's not a better organization. He's going to a bad team, but he's going to a great organization, and he's going to a great historic coach and Pop. You know, Timmy's going to come around and and kind of help him throughout this process. So it's definitely a perfect fit. And it's interesting. Like, I can't wait to even, is he going to play summer league? Are they going to hold, are the Spurs going to hold other draft workouts? Like there's a lot of, <laughs> you've never really seen anything like this where it's such a for sure thing, but it, it is a little scary looking at his frame and his size because it's a different ball game in the NBA. thought you made a great point though. In Europe, he's playing against men. You know, LeBron was playing against kids. So when we saw Luca come into this league, his offensive game was so developed because he had played against men when he was 16 years old. And that's a great point. Say hi to Beads for me. As always, your money, you look great. You've retired very well. And love the poster behind yeah. you, the, the art behind you. Good seeing you, Chandler. Thanks, Con. Thanks for having me. You bet. He's fantastic. He is fantastic. 
The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Uh, Jim Jackson played for a decade and a half in the NBA. He was a two-time All-American. Knows a lot about a lot of different cultures and systems because he played with a lot of different people, a first-rounder out of Ohio State. So we were talking about Jokic. Um, mm-hmm. He reminds me a little, and I remember Bill Walton very because I was in my I was a young kid. Yeah, he's got a little Bill Walton as a passer. He's got a lot of Arvidas Sabonis, who I covered for years. Now I got the old Arvidas, but they're similar because mm-hmm. um, first of all, screen setters, yeah. great hands, great vision, could handle the ball. Again, again, I got the old Arvidas, mm-hmm. but I got to tell you something. Ad's as good a defender at six eleven in the league. Jokic did whatever he wanted. But he was going to do that anyway. I, it, the, the narrative that because AD was such a good defender and that he would be able to kind of shut down Jokic is not true because in space and the way the game is, it's hard, it's very difficult to stop anybody one-on-one. It, it, very, it, it really is, especially when you have a dynamic player like Jokic who can do a lot of things. He's not regulated just to the post. He can get to the mid post. He can get to the free throw line. He can shoot the three ball. He's depth in pick and rolls. So you're not going to stop a Jokic. I don't care how good of a defender you are. Now, can you slow him down? Can you make him less efficient? That's the key. Can you make him turn the ball over every now and then? That's the key. But are you going to stop him from getting 25 points? No. He's too good of a player. And I think you take, we take it for granted a lot of times because maybe he's a European player that Jokic for some reason can be stopped and you don't appreciate what he does as a player. I appreciate it because I play with Arvidas Sabonis. Older, very similar in regards to what they do, the mindset of how they play the game. Quiet, the leadership aspect of what they do is more so what I do on the court. I don't really point and do and do all of this, but I lead by example, and that's why he's so effective on the court, and that's why Michael Malone can run his offense a lot through Jokic, which makes him even more of a challenge to stop. The um, I will say that, you know, people talk about the Warriors, mm-hmm. and there was a cycle, you know, the life's cyclical, mm-hmm. right? Like, for the, in the NFL for the last eight years, nobody wants a running back, and then you get into a point now where people are like, well, running backs kind of matter, Uh right? And in the NBA, it's like small ball, three, small ball. Lakers are huge and don't shoot the three. Mm -hmm. And two of the teams in the final four don't shoot the three. And I kind of like it. I kind of like, like I watched last night, I watched Denver and the Lakers. I'm like, these are men. These are huge Mm -hmm. teams. And Bob Costas the other day was criticizing. He said, like, the, the league is too much a three ball. And part of me agrees. I miss the Jim Jackson mm-hmm. mid-range, the Alex English. I like the mid-range. Yep. Are you sensing a little bit like the run game in the NFL? Size, rim protection, toughness, mid-range, mm-hmm. get a bucket is a little more important. Maybe it was just the Splash Brothers where it always works. I, I get a sense of it because even when, say Milwaukee, when they won it. Yeah. The mid-range is what kept them in the game, and they were able to extend it and win it. But you, you didn't talk about it as much, but it was such an ingredient that allowed them to win the games. Even with Golden State, in some aspects, transition basketball to get easy layups. Yes, it was the three-point shots, but it was the easier baskets point in the paint. And defense. And defense that beat you. See, Golden State, what happened with them this year, their margin of error was slimmer. Right. Meaning 
they were a high turnover team, even when they went and won championships. They didn't get to the free throw line as much as their opponents. That's right. But because they were so potent offensively, their bench was better in regards to more production. Defensively, they were better. They were able to overcome those turnovers or being at a deficit from the free throw line. But the way the game is trending, it's interesting, is that, yes, his physical is big, but it's not your conventional post-up player. It's still pick and pop, guys rolling to the basket. But I don't know if we'll get back to a Shaquille O'Neal 15, 20 that, times that, in the post. The, a little bit different. Yeah, the back-to-the-basket guy mm-hmm. is, is kind of – yeah, Jokic is so layered. And by the way, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, he'll turn and – he wants well, to turn look, on well, you. Well, look at Embiid. Embiid should be a guy the back, the basket. that back to the basket. But because it's easier to double-team that way, you cut down on spacing, you shrink the court in regards to being able to drive – Coaches in the analytics say we need the court open a little bit more. That's why you see an Embiid moving from the elbow to the mid post. And I know a lot of purists get frustrated at it, okay, in regards to he should just be in the post. Well, in today's world, that's not it. Listen, in any sport, baseball, you want more home runs. Why? Because it's more exciting. In hockey, you want more goals. You want the game to be faster. In football, you don't think Joe Montana, you don't think – um, the quarterbacks back then wanted to throw the ball 40, 50 times. Of course they did. So their numbers would be different. Yeah. So to all of the game, today's sp- professional athletes in, in, in sports have grown to look at things a little bit differently than we did in the past. Yeah. That doesn't make it right or wrong. It yeah. just is what it is at yeah. this time. So um, I, I look, let's say, mm-hmm. and most people think the Celtics will beat the Heat, just the talent disparity. And let's say they do. They get mm-hmm. to the finals and lose to a Denver Lakers there's the argument that, okay, we know Tatum and Brown are very good. Mm -hmm. They're never great. So if they win a title, they'll Mm -hmm. both get their max money probably and move on, right? That's what'll happen. You won't Mm -hmm. break it up. But if they did lose to a Denver, because I don't think they're the perfect tandem, I think they're good. Mm -hmm. But I do think sometimes Brown's more aggressive and at times Tatum kind of lets him, him and Marcus Smart, Jalen and Marcus are just more aggressive guys than Tatum. Tatum's more talented. Mm-hmm. So let's say they don't win, and many subscribe to the Celtics are the best team left. Right. But if they didn't win, mm-hmm. would you sign Brown and Jalen to a max, or would you consider breaking it up? Well, here's one thing. How do they lose It's the question. Okay, that's a good point. Okay, because look at the Knicks. If you would have told Knicks fans that they get to the second round of the playoffs they at the beginning of the year, they'll love it. Upset Cleveland. Upset Cleveland. But it's because they lost to a quote-unquote eight-seed Miami and how they lost that people were disappointed. That's right. But yet and still, they um, exceeded any kind of expectation they had for the year. Yeah. The thing with Boston is, let's see, they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals the last four or five years, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So now it's time for them to win it. Now, if they lose to a Lakers or Denver team and it's 4-1. to one, And Tatum shrinks and, and Tatum, he can't get the ball. Oh, now, now it's a lot easier to do it. Right. Now, if they go to a seven-game series against a Denver who was a number one seed all the way through the playoffs, then it's a different scenario. Now, it always seems like, is it just me, it's Jalen Brown's name. Oh, it's not Jason Tatum. Not anybody else. It's Jalen Brown. What he, what is the organization going to do with him? Yeah. Is he happy? They're going to keep Tatum. They're going to keep Tatum. Tatum's not going anywhere. The question is, and I talked to just being on the road, being able to talk to Jason Tatum and also uh, Jalen Brown and, and people in the organization, those two have forged a relationship a lot better than people think. 
in regards to relying on each other. Listen, at a young age, the beauty, and I've been through it with, with Jamal and myself when I was in Dallas, and ours was short-lived, okay, because I got injured, he got injured. Yeah, everybody's trying to jockey for position and trying to prove themselves as a young player. They've been fortunate. They've had early success. I didn't. They've had early success being able to get to Eastern Conference Finals and the championship game, stuff like that. The question comes down to organizational-wise, is Joe Mazzulla the right coach, even though they extended him? There's a, there's a, yeah. There's a, still a question about that. What moves are going to be made to Al Horford is going to kind of leave a little bit. Yeah. Point guard, Horford's, older. Horford's older. But I love Brogdon on what he can yeah, bring stability-wise. So the core is there. The question is, and Jalen Brown has said all the right things, that's the key. Everybody else, I think, is stabilizing in place. To me, it's Jalen Brown. So I want to go to Victor Webb and Yama. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hearing last night I'm watching uh, Woj is on the air, and Woj is like his sources are saying um, mm. this is the best prospect ever. And that, that's a heavy class. That's there's the heavy. Shaq and Matt. There's a Come lot of – Kareem, LeBron. Come on. I mean <laughs> – Now, when, here's my thing. When, it, when I years ago, when I used to say I worry about s- small quarterbacks, yeah. I got all this pushback. Now everybody's like Tua, Kyler yeah, Murray. Uh-huh. It's like – and I'll say that. I said this with Chet Holmgren. I look at the body, and yeah. people go, well, Embiid was thin, and Giannis was – Giannis is a weird body. It like, never gets hurt but until mm-hmm. recently he had a back thing. Mm-hmm. But I look at Wembenyama. He's 7'3". People think he's still growing. Are we – because he's so offensively unique, mm-hmm. are we going crazy here? Do you look at that body and think, you can push him around, he won't be able to defend smaller guys who are yeah. quicker? How, what do you see? I see a very talented player who's played in a physical league in Europe. Yeah, that helps. Okay, that helps. The game is different where it's not as physical, where he doesn't have to pound up against guys. Depending on what organization and franchise and how the roster is built, he may not have to guard a Jokic and Embiid, things like that, because you can guard him with a smaller uh, forward and double team. So you he could made bring Kayvon Looney it, it, over. Well, look, well, look at Hachimura last night. Okay, they moved him over to Jokic, and then they brought AD over to double team because you got a bigger double team. So now AD doesn't have to absorb right. the pounding. So it's ways to get around it. Listen, you always figure out ways to nitpick a player that comes no in. No question. Always. Whether he's too thin, he can't shoot, he can't jump, Andrew not athletic. Luck. They said he didn't have good enough arms. Exactly. <laughs> it's always because that protects – yourself against something that happens if he doesn't succeed, okay? Because it's always, uh, well, he's a little, Kevin Durant is thin. He's been thin his whole life, okay? Has that stopped him? No, it has not. And they, the way the league is, it's not going to, now, can he adjust to the 82-game schedule, the travel, uh, language in regards to the, the way the NBA plays? That's a, that, that right there, his intelligence, I think, will, will help him with that. The physicality part, to me, Depending on what organization he goes to, he'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Now, once you get over seven foot, though, the tendency to have some injuries, especially lower extremities and stuff like that, is more apt. Did you ever play with a really a tall, thinner player like that? Not like that. No, yeah. No. Remember the kid out of Utah? Um, Bradley? Oh, yeah. So I got traded for, for Bradley, for Sean Bradley. And when, he never got he never got thicker. But he never got thicker. And he got injured. Now, I played with Yao Ming, who was thicker Below, he, did he get hurt a lot early? Feet. Oh, feet! His, it, he had foot problems because you got to think about the pounding and the weight 
over time, Shaq had that. Shaq had that too. Knees. I mean, that lower body. Now, though, these are bigger players now. But the tendency, once you're over seven foot, listen, man, that's a lot of pounding that you put on your body at that size. And that's why you want to build up all parts of your body. I think they'll do that with, with, with uh, Wimbenyama. Do you think the Warriors thing is over? Here's the interesting part. So Draymond has a, you know, his player option next year. And he's got a great podcast. Oh, he's got a great podcast. You know, it's, it's, it's on you, the volume. It's a very good company. He's, he's, he's very unique in what he does. But the writing's on the wall from this perspective. Andrew Wiggins came up. You had Jordan Poole come up for their contracts, and they didn't extend Draymond Green. He has one year left, about $27 million and some change. He can opt out this year. I doubt that he does that because he probably can't go to the marketplace and get that money. Golden State has to deal with the fact that they're in salary cap and they have to pay the repeater tax, meaning that the last three or four years they've been over the cap so they had to pay the luxury tax. So they want to continue to pay that. So it's one more year left. The option is on Draymond. I don't think he opts out. But I don't think after that, the Golden State Warriors can afford to, to up him for another three or four years or extend him. And I think they may have to move on just because of everything that's happened. And they can't pay him like that. Hey, you did the, the Nick Heat series. Mm-hmm. Miami's, <laughs> fa- Miami's got like four undrafted guys. Yeah. I mean, you watch them and you're like, it's Jimmy Butler. Bam's inconsistent scoring. So everybody's like, they have no chance to win this series. And I'm like, Spoh's going to steal two games. Yes. Can you just tell me something? What is it? You're a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Most believe Spolster is the best coach now in the league. What does he do to make up talent gaps? When you watch him, what do you see he does? Well, first of all, I have a different relationship because when I played in Miami, Spo was our film guy. He handled the video and film. Lil Spo. Lil Spo. That was Lil Spo. So his dynamic of being able to understand players and their mentality by breaking down film and watching Pat Riley and watching the adjustments and watching and listening to players over that. Think about it, where he came from. He had to hear all the good stuff and all the bad stuff from players. What, it, what players liked and what they didn't like, whether it was communication, in-game adjustments, whatever it may be. So by starting from that level, he has a plethora of knowledge that he uses now. His in-game adjustments, how he respects his team in regards to professionalism like Pat Riley. See, one thing about Miami is this. They treat you like a pro. Now, it's changed a little bit more. You can't be as stringent as Pat Riley was. But there's an aura over that franchise. When you come in, this is how we get things done. And Spo has proven, going through all the stuff with LeBron, can he coach? Is it LeBron's team? Can he? Is LeBron going to get him out of there? He weathered all of that because he's a student of the game. Yeah. And that's what makes him special because not only his game planning – but his in-game adjustments, whether that's out of a timeout, at halftime, is what really makes him a special coach and why longevity-wise he's been able to last through it. Now, he's had some challenges in his past yeah. in Miami, but the beauty about the Heat, they just don't let go of the string. They believe in you. So with that, Spo believes in his players. He has open conversations with them. Hence, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, he's got – an. Um They call it EQ. He's got an emotional intelligence. Big time. Big time, Colin. Big time. Yeah. He can deal with needy players, Uh old players, kids. I mean, Tyler Hero was going sideways Sideways. in the Miami nightlife. He reeled it back in. Uh I mean, he and LeBron had battles. Yep. Icon star. But how you handle that in those situations, are you doing the things that put players in positions to be successful? 
Players may not like some of the answers they get, but are you being honest with them and do you put them in a situation where if you do the things I ask you to do, now you have a chance to contribute? See, a lot of coaches can say, I need you to do A, B, C, and D. And you, and you do them and you still don't get a chance. So now players don't trust you. The trust you build up is because you held, you're held accountable, but you hold your team accountable one through 15. Yeah. And when you do that, it's hard. It's very hard with superstars. But if you do that, if you hold one through 15 accountable, everybody else tends to fall in line. Now it makes your job easier as a coach to get on a Jimmy Butler, okay? Yeah. Now you can get on a Tyler Hero. Now you can get on yeah. a Gabe Vincent because everybody understands, oh, he got on Jimmy too. Yeah. Jim Jackson, that kind of emotional intelligence to reel you back in. He's, yeah, he's, he's still got, hooping over there. I, I mean, he's right out of junior <laughs> college. He's loose. He, I, gotta, he, I think Jason is still living that dream. I don't know what it is. He went a 10-day or something like that. I don't know what it is. I would love a 10-day. Hey, we were talking earlier. Uh, Jamal Murray, how yeah. good has he been? And uh-huh. we think he's a better player than Reggie Miller is. Stop it. Colin? No, but you, but 100%. You, but, I don't but, but, listen, but you can't compare. That's so different. Because one guy's already in the hall. Well, no. One guy plays with the ball in his hand. The other one doesn't. That's key. Well, so what, cur- what the modern better? players are more offensively minded, and one-on-one could take anyone. Well, but but no, I'm not going to say more offensively minded. You don't think that George Gervin or David Thompson well, or Doug George Gervin were, were did, offensively yeah. minded? They Rick were. Barry. Not Reggie Miller, though. But um, Yes, he was. But he mm. did it. Here's the thing. He did it in a different way because – if back then, if you shot two or three three-pointers, four, ooh, ooh. that was a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, Larry Bird, if you shot two or three, that was a lot of three-pointers back then. So the mentality was so different in how you got your points. And that's why I say it's hard for you to transfer, take a step and put them back in the 70s or 80s. Just that you don't know how to you, – You can't – Michael take, Jordan always said you, that. You can't take his game because growing up back then, he would have learned how to play the game much differently. Yeah. So he wouldn't have been shooting 40-foot three-pointers. I will say this. Larry Bird is one of those rare players that may have been better today than years ago. Like yeah. he was almost born too early. Larry, he, Larry yeah, yeah, he was born he would at take that. Six yeah. threes, make three. I mean, Larry is one of those guys mm-hmm. that the culture back then hurt him a little. It, it what well, did too because you know Larry didn't take care of his body either back then. Nobody did. You think about if if Larry grew up and had the same thing and can take care of his body longevity and career wise because on the back end because of his back he, you know, he was limited. Jim Jackson. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io. I've been telling you about Tacova's boots for a long, long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Tacova's will throw in 
one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of 100 bucks at tecovis.com. Just use the code HERD at checkout. All you got to do, H-E-R-D. That's H-E-R-D at tecovis.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. 